Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Well, welcome back. We are glad to be back with you here at the Beers and Bible Podcast. This is episode number 67, and I am Anthony. And I am Michael. And we are not using our fake names anymore. Or the voice disguisers. Or the, or the voice if you've done If you've done the editing right, the voice disguisers <laughs> are gone. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to upload it so just uh, we're just going to caveat here it's entirely possible that we may default and call each other by our pseudo names yes because we've done it for so long now yes um but but we took we've taken uh, almost 2 months off now um I'm not actually sure when when this is going to get uploaded we're recording it on January the 14th so that'll let you know we'll I think we're going we'll talk about that later but uh <laughs> We'll decide that later. Um, but we took a couple of months off. We uh, we made it through the Christmas season, the Thanksgiving season, and just spent time with our families. Uh, it was a good time to to rest and relax. And, and we've talked a couple of times just about, you know, where we want to keep going with this, what do we want to do. And one of the things that we talked about was, was dropping all of the, the stuff. You know, when we started this, we, we were working for churches working for a church and and um we didn't want to to cause any kind of division or anything like that so we just you know we hit it and and we made ourselves anonymous and and just offered our thoughts to the world there um but uh, now that we're not um associated or employed by by the church anymore then you know we've moved on and and so we feel like it's a good time to to open up and just uh just be us yeah uh and, so and I, it's and the I, same content, just yeah, no the, weirdness anymore. Yeah, the content's <laughs> the same. You're not going to be trying to figure out what we're saying. Um, I will would just like to point out that neither of us were fired by the church. We both left <laughs> of our own volition. Um, on good terms. On good terms. Um, <laughs> still have people there that we care about and love. And so yeah. um, that you know, we just both individually kind of came to crossroads in our lives and um, – needed some needed to make some changes for for us for our families for our walk mm-hmm. um and and i i can't speak for anthony but i i feel like he would um second this that you know things have worked out for the better for 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 them as it as it has for me and my family yeah yeah i think i think the one downfall is that i don't i don't live close by anymore so we can't hang out nearly as much unless either you come down here or i go up there yeah and the one time you tried to come up here i had freaking covid (laughs) so that was the other thing so remember last episode when um the one formerly known as patrick couldn't (laughs) taste anything he had covid so um anthony which is 
Which is sad because that the beer that Steve made, and his name was actually Steve. He didn't use a pseudonym. Yeah. Um, but my buddy Steve, uh, who came on and, and was generous enough to come on and talk about brewing beer, um, you know, he we we he made that and we sent it up to Patrick. He's like, that's why he's like, I'm going to save this one for when I can taste again. <laughs> and I and I still have the other one in my fridge. Um, I have not been drinking a lot of beer lately. Yeah, um, I've, I've been, I have actually um, cut back too. I'm, I, well, I, it's not a cutback. I've just changed what I'm drinking <laughs> a little stronger. <laughs> so, but this will be good for me to get back to get back to beer. So, um, <laughs> to be fair, the the events of the last two months would cause somebody to dive deep into drinking. That's a that's yeah, a fair thing. <laughs> I, I I would very much agree with that. So, um. I guess while we're talking about beer, let's go ahead and um, and do our review for tonight. Yeah. Um, so we, d- I, I basically have given up on trying to find the same exact beer. Um, yeah. As so Anthony. we live in different parts of the country. Yes. I live in North. Michael lives in North Georgia. Anthony lives in South Alabama. Um, and we had a good run there where we were able to find the same <laughs> beers. Um, I don't know how we did it for so long, but we did. Well, and and it's just gotten kind of to the point where it's, it's almost easier not to try yeah. unless we're 100% confident the other person can find it. So, yeah. Um, so, Anthony, not Rick, yes. Anthony, tonight, <laughs> what do you have on tap? So tonight, uh, I was browsing the beer aisle there at my my local grocery store called Rouse's, and and I saw this one. Uh, it's a beer brewery called Oyster City, Oyster City Brewing, um, and it is called Mangrove. And the reason I picked it up is because I remembered when we did Camp Wanna Mango, mm-hmm. and how good that one was. Uh, and I think this one's going to be in the same vein because it is a pale ale with natural mango flavors. Um, so I'm hoping it's going to be similar to Camp Wanamango, which we gave, uh, five Luthers. We, I guess we're going to, we're going to keep the Luthers thing. Yeah. That's not, that's uh, not going that's, away. That's definitely not changing. We, we've changed the intro. We have new intro stuff going on now and, and we're, you know, go using our real names. But, uh, but this Oyster Bay or Oyster City mangroves brewed in Apalachicola, Florida, which is probably about an hour and a half from me, um, and it is 8.2% ABV, so it's it's a strong one. Which for an ale, that's a, that's actually really strong for an yeah. ale. Ales are Usually that's in the the lower. porter and stout range. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they describe it as a classic pale ale with a malty body, hopped with Centennial and Cascade, fermented with mangoes, reminiscent of heavenly days spent in tropical climes. Hammock not included. I kind of want a hammock after that description. Um, but this is a gold medal winner in the U.S. Open Beer Championship of 2020. I didn't realize anything happened in 2020, but apparently a gold medal was given to this beer in the beer championship. That's cool. <laughs> I'm uh, trying to find where my beer is. Oh, that's lovely. Okay, cool. All right, so. Uh, so what you got there, Michael? So I've got, that's weird to hear. Uh, I, know. <laughs> I have got from the Eagle Brewery. And they're located in um, the United Kingdom. Oh, that's fun. So, yeah. But I've got from the uh, Eagle Brewery, the Banana Bread Beer. Um, So this is a malt uh, brewed with bananas and banana flavor. I really hope it's a... Oh, it's a lager. Okay, there we go. (laughs) It's on the bottle. (laughs) Seek and you shall find, I guess. So it's a lager. 
um, uh, 5.2 ABV, um, that's really all that's got. Fresh bananas pack a whole bunch of aromas while rich malty hops deliver a seriously fruity flavor. The uh, the website says that it pairs with cheesecakes, chocolate desserts, nuts, and jerk beef. I don't know what jerk beef is, but I think that might be the UK version of beef jerky. I hope so. I have beef jerky <laughs> up here, actually. So Anyway, I'm ready to crack it open. Um, I am, too. And get this, so, get this going. All right, here we go. We're going to crack in three, two, one, go. So over over our break, I have discovered. Um, well, let's see if I can do this. This this supposedly works. Oh my gosh! It totally works. <laughs> I had some issues getting the cap off because it's been a minute. <laughs> it has been a minute. So I discovered there's this way that you can pour beer out of a can. Uh huh. That like shoots it straight down if you have a if you have a typical uh 16 ounce uh mug just a straight uh pint mug where you do the the bottle cap up like that and then you can actually lay the can sideways i don't know if you can see me or not like that oh and it will pour out and go straight down the side and it and it helps control your uh foam your head that's interesting. So, I just tried it and it worked. Mine smells like straight up banana. Dude, mine smells like straight up mango. This is actually, uh, this smells almost exactly like the Camp Wanna Mango. I, I have, I'm really glad that I brought two of these tonight. So we have had, I don't, we haven't had anything with banana, like banana uh, centric flavor, have we? No, not that I know of. That makes me want to find that one if I can. Because this smells, this smells delicious. I ain't, I'm not gonna lie. That's and it's up, been straight up banana on my end. Well, there's only one way to give them a rating, and that's to turn them up and drink them. That is true. So here we go. Bottoms up. Clank. Cheers. Oh wow! Is oh, that a wow? <laughs> Are we going to be starting off strong in 2021? <laughs> Why don't you go first? Um, so this this beer is it's uh, it's almost to me it's almost not ale. It's it's almost like a closer to a stout or or a something like a porter. Mm -hmm. You can just t you can just tell it's got that much that that much alcohol in it. Um. But the flavor of this thing is so good. Like, it's it's like a mango explosion in your mouth. And I'm not a typical mango eater unless it's, like, in a fruit salad or something. Like, I'm, I usually don't eat just mango by itself. Um, it's not my favorite fruit to eat. But this right here is, is, is just simply fantastic. And the flavor is right. The smoothness is right. The bitterness to sweet kind of offsetting is right. Um, everything about this beer makes me makes me want to give it five Luthers. So I'm gonna have to come in strong 
right out of the gate in 2021 and give the mangrove from Oyster City Brewing five Luthers because it is it is right where it needs to be, and I am really glad that I found this one. Well, that puts uh, you and I in the same boat with our beers. Um, so for the banana bread from Eagle Brewery, um, I'm also going to give five Luthers. The if you really if you like banana bread, this meets your expectations. It tastes it tastes exactly like banana bread. It's mm-hmm. almost got the texture of a of like a moist banana bread. Nice. So that like that goes back to the the uh, no crusts. Yeah, the very first one that got double fives. Yeah. You know the reason we we. We're that way about it because it tasted like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah, like this tastes like banana bread. Like I can almost taste like how banana bread sometimes has like walnuts in it. Like mm-hmm. I can almost, it's so accurate. I can almost feel the walnuts. Do you feel like you're eating cake right now? I mean, a little bit. Um, <laughs> this is definitely not a drink with dinner kind of thing. This is a dessert yeah. beer. Um, but I'm not complaining. My, I will complain that it only comes in a pack of four. Um, hey eagle brewery i don't know how i'll do that over there in the uk but here in america we drink six packs so it's also 11.2 ounces so yeah that's the that's the uk right there too those silly british (laughs) or the united kingdom mers what i don't doesn't matter six it's it's the brits because you got uh you got britain and scotland is all united kingdom no but dude this is really good man so it's got what a way to come out swinging yeah. in 2021. 2021 is batting a thousand on getting double fives from. Uh, yeah, mangrove is man. That's it's it's just like okay. So over the over the break over this this two month break or whatever that we've had, um, I have Anthony. I have procured for myself a like a starter kit for brewing my own beer. Mm-hmm. Um, our last episode where we interviewed my buddy Steve. Uh, really kind of lit a fire underneath me to to want to learn how to do it. Well, my father-in-law had uh, a lot of stuff that he had gathered over the years that that uh, he passed away a couple of years ago, and and he it's just kind of been sitting there. And and so when we went up for Thanksgiving, we went up to uh, to see the family. They're like, here you go, you can have all this stuff. So now I've got all of this beer brewing stuff that I don't know what half of it is, and I was like, well. Looks like I'm going to start brewing beer. Yeah. <laughs> so, if if the Beers and Bible podcast has its very own uh, brew re- review soon, then uh, then be on the lookout for that because it could happen. Uh, it takes about a month to brew, is what I've been told, and and I've started to read about it and learn about it. And uh, here in the next few weeks, I'm I'm going to do my best to give it a shot and brew something, and see how it turns out. It'll probably be terrible, but I'm going to try. Well. Uh, a bad beer still could still be decent in the right that's true. context. So that's true. And if first you don't succeed, try try again. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just gonna keep trying. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so there there we have it. Our beer review for for this episode. Um, now we're gonna transition to um, the theology portion of the podcast. We are actually gonna <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, talk through a book of the Bible and we're going to discuss that um, 
and we will uh, get into that here in just a second. episode number 67 of the Beers and Bible podcast, and we hope that you've enjoyed whatever brew that you're uh, sipping on tonight, or chugging, whatever whatever floats your boat. Hey, now. There, there goes another one. <laughs> now it's a party. Um, <laughs> and so we kind of teased uh, before the break there what we're going to do moving forward um, for, the foreseeable, for the foreseeable future on the podcast. Um so in the past, we've talked a lot about walking through theology, questions of theology, um, when in regards to things like J.I. Packer, um, the 77 questions about God book that we kind of did a flyover of um, late last year. And then we started getting into topical discussions with um, in regards to the election, um, what was going on in the world in October, November of last year. Which has bled over into December and January and probably February. Yeah, it's not going to go away, really. <laughs> um, and so we, we thought it would be a good idea for the Beers and Bible podcast to um, actually get into some scripture and um, just kind of have a, a discussion on, on some scripture, uh, provide some additional resources, commentaries, that kind of thing. And um, so that's, that's what we're going to do for—, for you know, the next few weeks and months and see how it goes. And, um, if we, if we think it's going well, then we'll keep doing it and we'll just move on to different books as we see fit. Or if anyone has any books they'd like for us to go through, um, we can do that too. So, um, and something we, and, and along this line, and I didn't tell, uh, Michael, that I was going to say this, but something that we would probably, we will probably, or at least I'll try to do is, is bring in, uh, you know, we had Steve, come in and do the interview we would like to bring in people to to discuss this stuff with us mm-hmm. you know it's uh it's it's is it's think of this as almost like a bible study um mm-hmm. you know and 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 where where we can get insight where you know we're going to get insight and and if they'll have a beer with us that's great if they don't want to have a beer with us you know oh well that's fine we don't we don't mind and so we'll we'll do what we're going to do but Something something that we have done and, and that we've talked about is we're gonna put this we're gonna put this podcast in scripture. You know, we have talked about the sufficiency of scripture, we have talked about how important scripture is, and if we're gonna live out what we've talked about on this podcast, it only makes sense for us to actually dive into scripture and talk about how scripture develops our Christian worldview. Yeah. And and, and we've you know, in the past we've skirted around in scripture, we've hit hit it here you know we've got gotten into it here or there um but i feel like especially now in the current times that we're in um <laughs> maybe getting into some scripture would be good for for us and good for our listeners as well might also be good for like all of america yeah so um so i almost called you rick anthony <laughs> <laughs> it's it's gonna happen it, i'm it's, telling it, you I, when you said michael a minute ago i was like what is he do oh yeah we're doing that thing now <laughs> Um, well, 
what's funny is like episodes one and two when we first started this thing, there was a couple of times where we had to like go back and splice because you know we accidentally called each other by our real name, so we had to go back and splice and mm-hmm. and uh, and now it's going to be the opposite. We've gotten so used to calling each other by our pseudo names, yeah, that it, you know we're just going to default to that. But you know. Oh well, it is what so, it is. So anyway, Anthony. So you know, we, we you and I talked a little bit about what. So what book are we going to do, and well, where did we land on um, what book are we going to start with here? Yeah. So we kicked around a couple of ideas, and the and the interesting part about all this is we actually started kicking around ideas like at the end of December, like after Christmas, before the events of the last last week or two, mm-hmm. and the two books that we both kind of started hovering around was the book of Habakkuk and the book of first Peter. Um, ironically, both of those books would be extremely applicable to today's situation for the church. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're going to start in the book of Habakkuk. We're going to start with the old Testament because, you know, everybody defaults to the new Testament. Everybody defaults to, and, and the, and I've done a study. I've taught through the book of first Peter before, um, and it's a it's a fantastic book. I love the book of First Peter uh, because of how applicable it is to to Christians today, to developing a Christian worldview um, and implementing a consistent Christian worldview. And and realistically, the book of Habakkuk is almost a parallel to the book of First Peter. Um, they're not exactly in the same situation, or they're not exactly in the same uh, climate. As far as socially or politically or mm-hmm. anything like that. But what what you see in the book of Habakkuk, the struggle of Habakkuk the prophet, is very, very central to the theme of, of a book like First Peter, where you talk about, you know, persecution and and feeling that, that you've been done wrong and and questioning the justice of God. Um, is he actually working all of these things out? And and these are things that we're going to see through the book of Habakkuk. So tonight, we're just going to kind of give a, a really kind of brief 30,000-foot glance at the book of Habakkuk. We're going to intro the book. We're going to talk about some themes that we want to see in the book, some themes that are, that are actually in the book. And then... Uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to dive. We're just going to go through it systematically. You know, I have on on this podcast, I have preached uh, or contended for the use of exegetical teaching uh, from from a pastor's perspective, which is just teaching verse by verse, line by line through a text, an entire book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're gonna, you know, we're we're gonna stand true to our word, and we're gonna do we're gonna go through the book of Habakkuk, line by line, verse by verse. Uh, and just talk it out. We're going to talk it out as two guys um, talking through a Bible study or, or something like that. But tonight we're really just going to kind of get an overview and and talk about what Habakkuk is and and how Christians can see the book of Habakkuk and see themselves in the book of Habakkuk. Does that make sense? Yeah, dope. Let's go. Let's do it. So let's talk about Habakkuk. What does Habakkuk mean? What does it mean? So um, I actually had written in my Bible that there's two meanings. I did some additional research, and there's a potential third meaning, which isn't really relevant because it's, there's a – so there's contention that Habakkuk could come from the name of a plant, mm-hmm. um, which um, there's not really any – Is it is it the plant marijuana? Uh, sure. I don't know. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the name. It's not marijuana. I would remember it's that one. It's not marijuana. No, but 
Um, so, but Habakkuk um, can mean to embrace or to wrestle. Um, mm-hmm. And when you think about the book of Habakkuk, it's really a perfect description of what he is going through as he's yeah. writing the book, as he's experienced, mm-hmm. as he's going through what he's going through in the, in this, uh, in his writing. So, um, Habakkuk, he's the eighth of the 12 minor prophets. Um, this is probably written. He, he, he's like the ultimate middle child. Yes. He's like, the, <laughs> he's like the youngest middle child without being the oldest young child. Anyway, um, is probably this is probably written around the seventh century BC, which is really important because there's about to be a huge shift in power mm-hmm. politically in the area that Habakkuk yeah. is living in, mm-hmm. um, and so you know there's some speculation about what kind of prophet he was. He might have been a temple prophet. They don't really know. There's not much known about him. There's mm-hmm. actually less known about Habakkuk than any other writer of the Bible. Yes. Be, be, he, well, he's he's never mentioned anywhere else. Yeah. in the Bible, and, and, I mean, and, other and, than having a three chapter book. Yeah, and, and it's literally, um, hang on, my Bible, it's three full pages, and then like a quarter of a column. <laughs> so it's not very much, but it's no. it's so deep and it's so rich and it's got so much good truths that we can apply to our lives as believers because. The, the you know one of the key messages from Habakkuk is found in chapter two um, mm-hmm. verse four where God is responding to Habakkuk and he says the righteous one will live by his faith mm-hmm. and, and I think that's such an important concept for us to grasp is that it's not and we, we've harped on this I feel like several times <laughs> it's not what you do it's not what you've done it's not how good you look it is your faith in jesus alone that sustains you yes yeah in in the reformation they called it sola fide which is uh by faith alone Mm -hmm. you know and 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 to build on that you know the righteous will live by faith that really is is the essential or the the central phase phrase of the book and and it summarizes <clears throat> excuse me it summarizes what god set forth and 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 you know we 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 joke about and we make it you know we give it the the luther ratings but luther was one of the guys who just really hammered down on this the the righteous will live by faith uh and he drew it out of romans 1 um and and you you have this this theme in the new testament uh, you could point to Romans one, which Luther was so central in in bringing out. You have Galatians three, you have Hebrews chapter ten. Um, all of these these chapters of the Bible bring out a different kind of aspect of what it means to live by faith. Uh, you know, in in Romans one, it's I'm not ashamed of the gospel. You got Romans one sixteen. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God. Uh, that is that is this idea of because it's the power of God, I'm going to live for the glory of God, and I'm going to live that life through faith. In Galatians, it's a it's against uh, the legalist, and it's against these people who want to set rules, who say you have to do these things. No, it's not about doing things that gets you to heaven. It's about faith that gets you to heaven. Mm-hmm. And then Hebrews 10, 
is all centraled around the person and work of Jesus Christ, where where the the author of Hebrews is building this argument all the way through chapters one through nine, where he's talking about the superiority of Jesus to the angels, the superiority of Jesus to Moses, and all of these different things, and then he he ultimately gets to you know faith in Christ is where the foundation of your salvation rests. And so it's 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 these three different types of or these three different aspects of of the meaning of the righteous shall live by faith that gives you an entire picture of what it actually means to live by faith. Living by faith means, you know, yes, I have rules, but the rules don't dictate who I am in Christ. Yes, you know, I have this these these people that I look up to, but all of those people are subordinate to the person and work of Jesus Christ. You know, all of that forms what it means to live by faith. Mm-hmm. And that's what Habakkuk is going to is going to bring out to us. And that's that's what he's going to show us in his <clears throat> in his struggles. You know, each each partial chapter is it's not really an even divide, but you have this this uh, prayer and this response or this lament and this response uh, you know, Habakkuk says, woe is me, woe is me. You know, this, this whole, like, I'm terrible. You're not just God, blah, 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 blah. And then, and then God responds much like, uh, God did with Job. Yeah. I was about and, to say, and, I was about to say it's a much more condensed. Yeah. It's a much, a, it's a very <laughs> abridged version of Job. It really, I mean, it really is a Job's 42 chapters. Habakkuk is three chapters. So, Whatever Habakkuk did, he got it figured out real quick. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, 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 uh, so, some other themes, I guess, of Habakkuk is that you know God is merciful, mm-hmm. even when we don't understand His ways. Like that is a very, um, it's obvious, but it's not something that we consciously live by. You know, um, yeah. you know, you know, God's mercies are new every single morning. Do we live like that? Do we? believe like that do we treat each yeah. day as a gift do we treat each breath even as a gift from god mm-hmm. and um i mean just being honest i sometimes don't i I, no. I take i take things that god gives me for granted every single day yeah and, and it's not a conscious thing it's just a that's our that's our nature that's what yeah. sinful nature does to us um an, another theme is is that wickedness will eventually be punished and and I love this theme right here uh one of the notes that I had said the wicked will wicked will eventually be punished and the righteous will ultimately see God's justice and I think as Christians and especially especially right now we need to quit focusing on immediate justice and start and start thinking more about God's glory mm-hmm. and because we we want everything to be right the way we want it to be right, but that is a very very selfish perspective to have. Yeah, and and I'm, I trust me, I am guilty of this perspective uh, myself. And if we're if we're going to put forth the mantle of Christ, then we have to realize that when something doesn't work out mm-hmm. the way we think it should work out. That that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, it it nothing that we go through or nothing that we any situation that is happening, it's not ever about us and our desires and our plans and yeah. what we want. It's about God and Him getting His glory mm-hmm. and 
no matter what, it's always for the good of specifically his people. But I mean, God has, well, I won't say that. <laughs> I almost said God has everyone's best interests in mind, but he doesn't. Um, well, I mean, the reality is, yes, he does. Because here's the thing. If you are a, a sinner who has denied Christ, your best is you're going to hell. Yeah. that That's just. That is the just mm-hmm. response yeah. to rejection of God. So, you know, that's the best that you have, the best thing that you have going for you. Now, is that a terrible thing to think? Yes, it is. And people are afraid and I think Christians are afraid to think about the justice of God that way. Mm-hmm. You know, for him to achieve maximal glory, he has to be perfect justice. And perfect justice says when wrong is wrong, it it gets punished as wrong. Mm-hmm. When right is right, it gets praised as right. And it's not about it's not about what we think is wrong and right, but it it'll come down to the final judgment when he says nope that was wrong you're you're over here you know mm-hmm. and he separates the 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 goats from the sheep you know he he separates the wheat from the chaff he separate yeah. you know you can go through all of the the parallels in the in the in the book of Matthew where he talks about the separation and that is what justice is going to look like and and we have to remember that justice God's justice is never on our terms right and and to think that God's justice is on our terms is to bring God to our level, which is I, I don't ever want to be accused of doing that. Right. You know, personally, but yeah. I do it all the time. But, you know, so. So, yeah, that's, you know, we have to we have to quit thinking in this in our postmodern mindset of I got to have instant gratification for everything. Justice has to be instantly served for me. Uh, you know, everything has to be perfectly aligned right now and re- and realize that God will work it out and will exact perfect justice in his time as he sees fit for his glory. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's that simple. Yeah. And that's what Habakkuk comes to. Yeah. You know, that's at the end of it. That's what he's the, the solution he's going to come to. Right. So God also uses um, another theme is that God will use wicked nations to punish other wicked nations um but then whoa now yeah you're bringing the heat you better stop (laughs) and but ultimately god will judge all nations you know yes god might use a a wicked nation to bring about judgment on another people yeah but that doesn't mean that that wicked nation that he used to bring judgment on another people gets a pass exactly at all so um Something something interesting to think about on this on this theme right here is is I think Christians and especially what I have seen just in the last two weeks um, from Christians is Christians need to understand the difference between the Old Testament and America. You know when when a, hey a <laughs> when a nation is being spoken of in the Old Testament specifically God's nation. You know, he's talking about the nation of Judah. He's talking about the nation of Israel. That is God's chosen people. And so, though he may refer to them as a nation, the proper parallel to the nation of Judah or the nation of Israel, um, and, and, I, and I hope I don't get accused of replacement theology here because it, 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 I can understand how it's close to this, but 
a, the best understanding that I have of the nation of Judah, the nation of Israel, is the church. Okay, so the promises for for Judah and Israel, and and the way that God treats Judah and Israel are applicable or transferable or understandable through the church. And 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 if you want to think of the church as a nation, well, you you think of the church worldwide mm-hmm. as a group of people, you know, a collection of people. And and so what that means is that nation in the Old Testament. Nation, as far as Habakkuk is concerned, or the Psalms are concerned, when it talks about a nation, it's typically talking about the people of God. Well, that's talking about the church. That is not talking about America. Or any other political <laughs> country, but American Christians need to understand that, yes. Yeah, and, and, and I feel like you know other countries have, have realized that, and they're like, oh, the Bible's not about Britain. Oh, the Bible's not about... Egypt, you know, pick your pick your nation. Mm-hmm. The Bible is not about a specific country, and and there's a video that's been making the rounds, and and I I cringe every time I see somebody else share it because the guy, God love him, I, I I think he he might have good intentions, but he's just he's so far off base that he's borderline heretical. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know the video you're talking about. I haven't even bothered to watch it because I know that it's going you're, to be, you're better off. I, you know, I watched it because somebody sent it to me and asked my opinion about it. And so I like to formulate opinions based on primary sources. And so I watched the video. Um, but the, you know, the guy at one point made a statement that the, the sole purpose of the founding of America was because God, you know, basically God birthed America. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, in, in some aspects, yes, but no, God did not make a covenant with America. God is not in covenant with America. I mean, take the, take the logic of anything else. God allowed America to be born. Yes. God did not stop America from being born, but that does not mean that God was on America's side from day one. Exactly. That, that go does back. not mean any God God's nation is Israel. And yes. Israel is God's nation. Go back to Habakkuk and and God may have birthed America to bring judgment upon the British. You know, that that, that may be the purpose of America. Mm-hmm. That does not give America the right to say they are chosen by God. Yeah. You know, and and so we need to realize that stuff as Americans. We need to realize that we are not important. We are not special right. in God's eyes. Any different than than the nation of Saudi Arabia, Britain. Pick your nation, Iraq, Iran. Yeah. If you believe that um, America is in the Bible, then there's a cult for you um, <laughs> that uh, we've talked about at length in the past. So Yeah. yeah. So anyway, moving on through the, through the, the themes of, of Habakkuk. Um, we see that we see that Habakkuk uh, is is regularly using language of lament. Mm-hmm. Um, he he expresses these things to God, and I you know I think that teaches us as Christians something. A lot of times we don't want to complain to God, but but if you've ever read the Psalms, if you've ever read the Book of Jeremiah, if you've ever read, I mean, for that matter, most of the Old Testament. You understand that God wants us to bring our laments to Him. Mm-hmm. I mean, for crying out loud, there's a book called Lamentations. 
This is literally a book of laments. <laughs> yeah. And so, so, you know, we need to understand as Christians, God wants us to pour out our hearts yeah. and lament to him. God, this is terrible. This is awful. I don't understand the justice in this situation. Can you help me? Yeah. I, I think part of the problem with that particular thing is that for so long, at least in the churches I've been, I've been a part of, um, the whole idea of like, not really complaining, but like just venting to God, basically yeah. like, like that whole, like one of the notes in my Bible in this, in this book is Habakkuk is venting to God about some stuff. Yeah. Um, and so like the whole idea of like venting to God is a foreign concept to us because we see these pastors get up on stage and they're like, you know, they have these eloquent prayers and they're, they don't fumble over their words or, or, mm. or they're just praying for there's very generic kind of prayers instead of being like, God, you know what? Some, this sucks. Like, like, <laughs> like, like that's and, and praying a prayer like that is okay. Like there's nothing like, because God, if you feel that in your heart, God already knows it. Yeah. God wants you to articulate that to him. And so instead of like trying to like beat around the bush or come up with a different way to say it, just say what's on your heart and mm -hmm. one, you'll feel good about getting it off your chest, <laughs> but two, like that, that draws you closer into a relationship with him. Yes. Yes, it does. So it, it gets you to a point where you're honest with God, mm -hmm. you know, and, and as much as we want to, and, and I know we have done our fair share of slamming prosperity gospel and I fully believe it deserves every slamming that it gets. Um, no, but, really. Tell me how you feel. <laughs> but, but you know, we have to understand that that God wants our our good. God does want to give us good things, and and part of giving, you know, if if you're a parent, you understand this. When your children come to you, you want them to be honest. You want them to tell you what's going wrong so that you can fix it. Mm -hmm. You know. Think think about God in a in a parents in a fatherly standpoint. You know, as as a father myself, I want to understand from my children what is wrong. Maybe I can explain what's wrong. Maybe I can help them understand what's wrong. Maybe I can't fix what's wrong because I'm an imperfect parent. I'm I'm not God, but but God can fix what's wrong, and and He has the ability to fix what's wrong and. To be able to understand that, man, if my kids come to me with a complaint, I want to respond like God would respond, which is with care, with mercy, with grace. And and I think that's that's what we see in the book of Habakkuk, you know, and, and you see it really in the book of Job. There are times when God is stern with Job, and there are times when God is stern with Habakkuk. Um, but in the end, you see this caring, tender, fatherly love mm -hmm. for his children. And, and that's real. I mean, that's what songs of lament, that's what words of lament push you to is you just pour it out and you get it off your chest and you say, I'm done with this. And then God says, okay, you're done with it. Let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. Let's, you know, and he, and he, he is this fatherly figure. And so I, I, you know, I wonder if I don't know. But I wonder if Habakkuk looked at looked around at his culture and he just lamented about what was going on. You know, things things that I think about. I look at the state of the church today, and I look at the state of, 
you know, theology in, in the church today. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, God, you've got to stop this. This is it's getting out of hand. And God says, you know what? I know you think it's getting out of hand, but but you gotta you gotta trust me, and that I'm working for my glory. Yeah, it's it the something I try to remember is we we as believers and we as a people, we as a country, the world, all of it, we are exactly where God wants us to be mm-hmm. at every moment. Yes, and we are, you know, we make choices. God allows us to make those choices, but he's not blind to the choices we make. And no. ultimately, everything works together for the good of those who love him, but also for, and more importantly, the glory of God. And that's yes. and that should be our end goal. It shouldn't be about um, making ourselves look good, making our family look good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unity would be great. Like, I would love some unity. But yes, it's not. That's not the end goal either. The end goal is ultimately and always the glory of God. Yes. Yep, that's a good word. That's a good word. So Habakkuk, you know, he's this guy. He struggles. He pours his heart out to God. God responds to him. By the end of the book, Habakkuk is is a is really a different guy, and and, mm-hmm. and we'll see that when we get to it. I don't want to give it away right now, but. He, he reflects this change. He learns to wait. He learns to trust in God. You know, I, I think of a lot of the Psalms where, uh, you know, David's pouring out his heart. And, and honestly, I think this is a lot like Habakkuk. You know, he's pouring out his heart and he's like, God, this is terrible. This is awful. These people are after me. They're trying to kill me. And then just within a couple of verses, he's like, but you are my rock and my salvation. You are the guiding, you know, and you see this, this, transition between I'm lamenting but I'm also trusting I'm I'm in struggle but I'm also in faith and and that's what it you know I think I go back to you know the righteous will live by faith this point that Habakkuk is really driving home the righteous will live by faith and he says you know if you're going to do that then you're going to have to go between this struggle of I've got to pour out my heart to God, but when I pour it out, I've got to trust that it's going to be done. It's mm-hmm. going to be taken care of in God's perfect justice. Yeah. Not my perfect justice, but God's perfect justice. So, it's it's going to be an it's going to be a great book. I I think it's going to be enjoyable to talk about. I'm excited about the book of Habakkuk um mm-hmm. because not many people actually look at the whole book. They always quote like, you know, one or two verses from it. Yeah. It's it's not a common book that you find preached or um, no a bible study done on at all so <laughs> you know one thing uh i think we should ponder that's one thing i think we should think about as we dive into this book of habakkuk is what what is a prophet because we we talked about habakkuk being you know this like middle child even of the minor prophets mm-hmm. and so he's not important he's not um He's not popular. You know, Matthew doesn't talk about the great writings of Habakkuk. Um, None of the gospel writers talk about him or anything like that. So, you know, what is a prophet and are there people who fulfill the role of prophet today? Do you, you know, is there, is there a place for prophets today? And do we understand what prophets actually are? Mm. Do you know? Is that? I mean, 
I feel like the the term profit kind of gets tossed around a little bit. Like mm-hmm. when, when we're talking about like Old Testament prophets, like these are these are guys who had um, either visions or conversations with God, um, mm-hmm. visions from God where God revealed something to them, um, and they and they recorded it. Um, if we're talking about the biblical definition of a prophet, then there's not really a need for them because <laughs> the Bible is well, complete. So, <laughs> well, see, and, and, and that's, that's where, that's where I think our understanding of what a prophet does mm-hmm. and is, it, it has been skewered by, um, people who believe that prophecy is something about telling the future. You know, mm-hmm. prophecy is basically akin to fortune telling. Yeah. In the Old Testament, prophecy was saying something that was not written down, and it became written down. It was a revelation of God. But that revelation became complete and finished in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Now, I would argue, as as, as somebody who has studied Scripture, that the role of prophet still exists. But it exists in a different context than the way it existed in the Old Testament. Because in the Old Testament, they didn't have the the 39 books of the Old Testament written down, bound, bound up in a sweet leather-bound book that you could have your name stamped into like we do today. Um, in the Old Testament, it was scribes who had written stuff down and people had to read it. And so... It was always the prophet was always this this saying that goes along with the prophet is thus says the Lord, and it's and it's basically that's what became scripture, that's what became written down, and that's what became law and canon, mm-hmm. and so if you transition that that idea or that concept to the New Testament, the prophet is the person who says thus says the Lord, but we already have the completed canon, and so. I'm going to argue that there's not anything new that they have to say, but they can point back to Scripture and Scripture alone and say, thus says the Lord in Matthew. Thus says the Lord in Habakkuk. Thus says the Lord in Psalms. He's already given us the revelation, and as First Peter would talk about, we are a chosen nation, a, a royal priesthood. We have the ability to study this book and learn what the Lord has said to us, but a prophet today, the way I would see it, is really a teaching pastor. That's somebody who gets up on a, on a Sunday morning before the congregation, before the corporate assembly of God's people, and says, thus says the Lord. He may not say it in exactly those terms, but he's he's taking Scripture, and he's explaining Scripture, and he's teaching Scripture. Again, why I am such a, a, a proponent of expository preaching it it allows the pastor to to fulfill his role as a prophet, as a person who says, "Thus says the Lord," and then read Scripture. Mm-hmm. Because I always tell people, if you want to hear God speak, read the Bible. If you want to hear God speak out loud, read the Bible out loud. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's that simple. It really is that easy. And and I think we've misunderstood what a prophet actually serves the purpose of the church for. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. I'm going to drink some more mango beer. Go for it. <laughs> so, I'm excited about the book of Habakkuk. Yeah. And, and it's it's a book I've read through, you know, a, a few times, um, mm-hmm. done some studying, and I have some notes. So, 
in my Bible. I mean, I should. This Bible's old. So, um, <laughs> some good notes. So, um, if you if you want to follow along with us, uh, some kind of a commentary that we're going to use alongside of our own notes and and some stuff like that is the Christ centered exposition commentary. Um, we'll we'll probably draw a little on that. We're not really going to you know stick to it like we have other books, but we're we're going to read it in. In addition to talking about the text, yeah, we're we're going to use it. Week. We're going to use it as a good foundation for ourselves to have, you know, launching points for discussion. But we're not going to go through what they say, yeah, as we've done in the past. Yeah, so we will use it, but it'll be it'll be a, a side note. So, well, uh, I almost said Patrick, uh, Michael. <laughs> It'll take some getting used to. Habit. That's habit, man. Yeah. If they if they want to reach us on social media, where would they reach us? So we are on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. You can find us at Twitter or on Twitter at beers and Bible P one, unless we get uh, banned. Um, <laughs> Which can, is possible. Yeah, very possible. <laughs> it's possible we get banned from all these and have to go make our own thing. Um, so uh, where were we? So. Facebook, twi- uh, Instagram, Twitter. We're on Facebook. You search Beers and Bible Podcast and search for the logo or look for the logo. Um, you can find us. Um, you can also email us. I've, it's been a while since I've done this. I'm sorry. I'm rusty. <laughs> Two um, months. <laughs> um, so you can uh, also email us. Um, just uh, send an email to Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on the discussion in Habakkuk or if you have any suggestions for, for moving forward once we get done with Habakkuk. Um, or if you have any beer suggestions, we'd love to hear that as well. Mm-hmm. We will try to find them. Um, I would like to to thank our friend, uh, friend of the podcast now, uh, who did our new introduction this week. Yes. His name is Brad Hill. Uh, he has a great podcast called The Storied Outdoors. Uh, I've listened to a couple of his episodes, a few of his episodes, and uh, it's a it's a really good podcast if you like the outdoors. Um, he talks about how God, you know, brings brings the outdoors uh, into our life and uses it to teach us things, uh, and how that creates stories in our life. Uh, I think their their tagline is somewhere between Lewis and Tolkien, uh, yeah. which, which is uh, an interesting place to be. If you've ever read Lewis or Tolkien, mm-hmm. then you know. Um, so check out the Storied Outdoors uh, podcast, and and uh, thanks to Brad Hill for that ridiculously cool introduction into our new season of the Beers and Bible podcast. So, until next week, we want your beer to stay cold, we want your Bible to stay open, and we will see you later. Peace out.